Welcome to the Simple Church Podcast, where we're committed to helping you know God, find freedom, discover your purpose, and make a difference. Let's get to today's message. Listen to what the Spirit has to say, and also give your kind attention to my friend, Ben Struss. Oh, I'm sorry. Have a seat, Ben, because they're playing a video. I'm so sorry. We are Ben and Kathleen Struss, your missionaries to Bogor, Indonesia. And so we were so encouraged by that at that uh, conference in Columbus. Um, But this morning, I want to share and give you an update about our ministry, what you have been doing, uh, the impact your church has been making in the country of Indonesia. Now, some of you are sitting here and you have no idea where Indonesia even is. All right. I won't make you raise your hand, uh, but I'll give you a little geography lesson. Indonesia, it's an island nation made up of 17,000 islands. It stretches from India uh, to Australia. Um, it's actually the fourth largest country in the entire world by population. Many of us, of course, know China, India, United States is number three in population, but number four is the country of Indonesia. And what a lot of people don't realize is that Indonesia is actually the largest Muslim-majority country in the world. Um, There's actually more Muslims in Indonesia than the entire Middle East combined. Um, And spread out across all of these islands are thousands of different people groups of different ethnicities and languages. And there's over 200 of them that are completely unreached. We call them the never reached. And what I mean by never reached is they'll never walk into a church. They'll never read a Bible. They'll never even hear the name of Jesus unless someone goes and tells them. And so this is where our family moved to um, about nine years ago. And uh, nine years ago, God, he put a dream in our heart. Um, That dream was a simple one. It was Indonesia for Jesus. Um, At the time, I was 23 years old. I said, I'll go anywhere. I'll do anything. I'll do whatever it takes. The Great Commission, it burned in my heart. The the Great Commission is simply uh, the mission that Jesus gave his disciples before he ascended into heaven. He said, go into all the world and preach the gospel. Just as um, Pastor Aaron was, was just sharing, that we're supposed to go to Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. I had this audacious dream, maybe we could be that generation that would fulfill that mission in our generation. And uh, I I had so much enthusiasm, all right? I was excited about the mission. I said, I'll do um, whatever it takes. I I didn't know what to expect, and I didn't care if we lived in a hut, if we ate bugs. I just wanted to tell the world that Jesus was alive and... um, For the record, I've only ate bugs two times in Indonesia, and uh, both times it was because I wanted to, all right? So uh, I know we're we're a different breed, missionaries. Um, But what I want to share this morning is that it's really a a missions message. I want to, I I think it it works perfect coming off of the heels of this incredible outreach you had at the Reynoldsburg uh, Church. Fourth of July parade, handing out bikes, being a light in your community. Um, But all of us, each of us sitting here this morning, we're on mission. 
God has something for you to accomplish. It's why the church every Sunday has the growth track to help equip you to discover your purpose, to make a difference in the world. This is what it's all about. And at times, what can happen is we can start out on this mission with so much enthusiasm. Maybe you remember those days where you showed up to church for the first time. You had an encounter with Jesus, and then you were just ready. You were fired up to do whatever it takes to reach people. But what can happen is slowly we can start to lose that enthusiasm. We can start to grow weary. We can get get maybe worn out in the mission. And this morning I want to touch on that. I want to talk about that journey of faith that we've seen in our ministry in Indonesia and how I believe it applies to the mission that God has for you right here at Simple Church. Um, I'll never forget uh, nine years ago, the day before my wife and I and our small six-month-old baby, Caleb, got on a plane to move to Indonesia. And we spent our last uh, day at church. It was a Sunday. And um, in between services, we sat down with my pastor. And he said a very simple words to us that have stuck with me over the last nine years. He said this. He says, it's going to be a fight, but trust God. He will bring the victory. And then he proceeded to pray for us. I was recently reading in Psalm 35.3, I believe we have it on the screen. It says, lift up your spear and javelin against those who pursue me. Let me hear you say, I will give you the victory. David is the psalmist writing this, and he's talking about how people are pursuing him and coming after him. And he just he, he's feeling the threat of his enemies. And he asks God, not himself, not, not his comrades, nothing like that. He says, God, would you lift up your spear and javelin against those who pursue me? I want to hear you say, I will give you the victory. And that's my prayer this morning for each of us, that we would, we would have that in our heart and that we would hear the Lord say this morning, I will give you the victory. I, my prayer is that this morning as we consider the mission that God has for us, that we would move from just surviving to a life of victory and thriving. I think for so many of us, after a difficult couple years and um, going through so many different trials and challenges, that many of us, we, we show up on a Sunday morning, and if we were honest, and it's not a bad thing, but if we're honest, we're, we're here just to survive. Like, there's so, many, there's so many challenges that we face, and there's so many difficulties Monday through Saturday. When we show up Sunday, we, we're here expectant for a word from God. We're here to encounter God's presence so that we can survive the rest of the week. But I believe that the normal life of a follower of Jesus should be one of victory. I, I believe that Jesus said, it was, and it's true, that he came to give us life and life abundantly. He came to send us out into the, the world, into our community, our workplace, our schools, to make a difference. Amen? And so this is what we've learned the last nine years, and especially the last three is that if you stay in the fight long enough, you will win, all right? This is a, a spiritual principle, that if you stay in the fight long enough, you will win. That if you keep at it, if you keep on pushing, if you keep on making those investments, if you keep on going to the 4th of July parade and handing out the bikes and loving on people and you give out those glasses of water, if you stay in the fight long enough, you will win. Scripture is rich with stories 
of endurance. We see it all over Scripture. I think about um, Abraham and Sarah, okay? Abraham was commissioned by God. He said to leave your family, your, your community, your nation, and to go to the land that I will show you. And Abraham obeyed, and God promised Abraham that one day he'd be made into a great nation. And then he waited for 25 years to have a promised child, that, that, that story of endurance. The people of Israel, many of us know the story that Moses led them out of Egypt into the land that God promised them. And they endured for 40 years in, in the wilderness, wandering and waiting to enter into the promised land. I think about Joshua and the nation of Israel as they left the wilderness and they were beginning to enter into the promised land and the battles that they had to fight. Um, I, I think about David, King David, was anointed as a, as a young man to be king over Israel. And he ran from Saul for decades until finally becoming king over Israel. I was reading about David recently. It's, the, it's recorded that he fought 66 battles and he lost none. I think about all these stories of endurance, and the best example, of course, being Jesus, our Lord and Savior, right? That Jesus, like a lamb that was led to the slaughter, endured the cross. He paid the penalty for our sins. But how many know that he didn't stay in the grave, but he rose again in victory? That if you stay in the fight long enough, whatever that is, whatever that fight is, whatever you're in the middle of, if you stay in it long enough, if you, if you continue pursuing that mission, what God has for you, you will win. And the title of my message this morning, if I could give it three words, is don't give up. Everybody turn to your neighbor and say, don't give up. Turn to your other neighbor and say, don't give up. Galatians 6, 9 um, is an incredible verse by the Apostle Paul. He says, let us not become weary in doing good. For at the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Today, we're going to talk about the journey of faith. And I'm going to be sharing lots of stories, all right, from the field. I want you to have a, a real clear picture of what, what kind of impact is Simple Church making in Indonesia. But I believe that this journey that Kathleen and I have been on is you're going to see a lot of parallels with the journey of Simple Church and maybe your personal journey as you're on mission to reach your family, your friends, your community with the gospel. Um, the journey of faith that we're going to see is it's a process of inception, perseverance, and fulfillment. It's a faith process of inception, perseverance, and fulfillment. The first part of this process that I'm calling inception what I mean by that is you have these moments in time where God speaks to you. Maybe it's through a dream. Maybe it's an idea that's planted there. Maybe it's the breath of the Holy Spirit or you are having a time reading the scripture. And it's like something jumps off the page. Um, maybe I was talking to Pastor Aaron about Simple Church. Maybe it's a closed door that all of a sudden you're shocked and then you realize I'm going to plant the church. <laughs> you know, it's God speaks to you through these moments of inception and they're powerful, exciting moments. At the beginning of a journey, at the beginning of the faith process, you're full of excitement. And I'll never forget the beginning of our journey when we nine years ago landed in Indonesia. We were so excited, right? We were we, we, had, we were young, naive. We had one dream, Indonesia for Jesus, that somehow we were going to be able to make an impact across the 17,000 islands, the 270 million people there that speak thousands of different languages. We, we thought, sure, 
God's going to do it. We didn't know how. And uh, when, we got, um, when we got to Indonesia, man, we, uh, we, we stepped off the plane. And if I were honest, we were just overwhelmed. Okay, we, uh, we, we got there and we're looking around and there's just people everywhere. Indonesia is, uh, like I said, the fourth largest country in the world. And the island that we live on is the size of Tennessee and has the population of Russia. Okay, it's 140 million people stuck into the size of Tennessee. So next time you're driving through the Columbus traffic and you're getting upset thinking, I can't believe it's taking me an extra 15 minutes to get to work this morning. Just remember, the traffic we deal with is far worse. All right. We got lots of people. And I just remember looking at all this and feeling overwhelmed. And then all of a, all of a sudden, God planted a dream of inception inside of our heart. It was it was through the realization that there was no way that we could possibly reach Indonesia alone. That no matter how hard Kathleen and I tried, no matter what we did or what we came up with, that there was way too big of a task that we could do it alone. And we realized that the best way we could reach this country of Indonesia is mobilizing as many people as possible towards that mission. And what better way to do that than through the local church? And it was that at that beginning that God put that inside of our hearts. And I believe that I'm sure Pastor Aaron, he's got the same, he's got the same mission for Simple Church. That what better way to reach this area, this city, the, the greater Columbus area, than through each of you. Uh, maybe you think Pastor Aaron and, and the team here, they're the ones that are called to go out and reach people. But no. The Bible says that they're here to equip you, the saints, for the work of the ministry, to be sent out to make a difference in the community that you live. So we had this dream, and this is what we've been, we've been working for towards over the last nine years. And um, so we started off, like I said, that process of inception, but next comes that, that step of perseverance, Again, Galatians 6, 9, it says, do not become weary in doing good. I think what Paul's pointing at and that idea of not being weary in the good work is that idea of perseverance, that, that idea that we got to keep pushing forward the kingdom at whatever cost, even whenever it's not exciting anymore. Um, you know, even whenever you wake up and you're like, I, I, I don't, I'm not sure that I, I feel like doing this today. We keep on doing the good work. We're not growing weary perseverance. What, what, what I think all of us know to be true, nothing great in life will cost you nothing, right? That most great things will cost you time, money, energy, sleepless nights, that it's going to cost you something. And it's, that, it's in that moment of perseverance that we begin to see fulfillment. We begin to see fruit. Even as you read the book of Galatians, where we get this uh, verse from, if you were to read it from Galatians 1 to Galatians chapter 6, I encourage you to do it. It will take you about 15 minutes. It's not a very long book. But what you're going to see is that when you get to chapter 6, Paul's actually talking to himself. That, that, that Paul is encouraging himself. He's, he's frustrated with the church of Galatia. He's frustrated at his colleagues. He's frustrated at the other apostles like Peter and James. And he's, he's frustrated that the Galatians have so quickly abandoned the gospel that had been preached to them. And he even says in one of the chapters, maybe my preaching was in vain. Maybe, there, maybe I should have never even done this. Maybe I should have never planted the church of Galatia. I, I, this is the thoughts that Paul's having. And then all of a sudden he says, but let us not become weary 
in the good work. Let's not become weary in doing good because we believe that at the proper time that you will reap a harvest if you do not give up, that if you stay in the fight long enough that you will win. On November 3rd, 2019, we had our grand opening service at International Church Bogor. Um, we had 200 people in our, in our first service. I think we might have um, a picture of it there. And it was absolutely incredible what God did. We had, uh, and this is you. This is what, if you ever wonder, what does that 10% every month go towards? Is it making an impact somewhere in the world? Here's a great example of how it's making an impact in Bogor, Indonesia. And at that, in that first service, it was, it was incredible. The Spirit of God was there. Um, in that first four months as a church, we had, um, we had over 50 salvations, and we saw a dozen people get baptized, and we had momentum at our back, and so much was going so well. And then on March 15th, 2020, some of you still remember that day, um, we had to close our doors for about 10 months as a church. And I share that because at that moment was our moment of perseverance in our journey, right? What are we going to do? Um, are we going to give up? We're going to say, we'll just take a break for 10 months and then we'll, uh, we'll, we'll resume next year. What, what are we going to do? I, I remember getting a, a email from the U.S. Embassy telling us that if we don't leave in the next 48 hours, we might not be able to get back to the United States. And I was seeing on Facebook people that were leaving their assignments around the world and coming back to the U.S. But for us, we, we realized that this was a moment in history that we wanted to be a part of, that, that God was doing something and that it could actually be an exciting time, that, that we would always look back, that we could tell our grandchildren, this is what God did during that moment of perseverance. We decided that we wanted to push forward and not give up. And uh, one of the things that we've learned is that in the season of perseverance, you, you really have a choice, don't you? you? You can choose to endure or you can choose to give up. And uh, it's been heartbreaking to see when, when people give up. It's been one of the most difficult things of the last several years, watching people give up. But when we don't grow weary, there's a real, um, there's a real blessing that comes and gift that comes in endurance. Um, James 1, 2 to 4, it says, Consider a pure joy, my brothers and sisters, when you face trials of many kinds. What, what an incredible statement that many of us would think this just doesn't even make any sense. Consider it pure joy. So many of us are looking for happiness and joy, right? I know I am. And, and James says, consider it pure joy when you face trials of many kinds. Because you know that the testing of your faith, it produces perseverance. There's this gift of perseverance. He continues, let perseverance finish its work so you may be mature, complete, not lacking anything. There's a real gift that happens when we keep on pushing, when we don't give up, when we say no matter what it takes, we're going to keep on pushing the mission forward. In January 2021, um, we had our first reopening service. Um, and and uh, in that first service, uh, we had 38 people in attendance. And uh, we started doing kids' church when nobody else was doing it. And in time, we began to build, and we saw new families and new growth. And one of the things that you see in these moments of perseverance is that you go from the glimpse of a dream, from a, the glimpse of that inception moment, 
to the fulfillment of that dream and moments of perseverance. When you just keep on pushing, whenever it's not, when it's not easy, just keep on moving things forward. And um, again, let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest. That at the proper time, when you keep on doing that good work, when you stay in the fight long enough, at the proper time you will reap a harvest if we do not give up. I love how Paul frames the idea of, of, um, of kingdom mission in the context of a harvest. That there's this process of harvesting. That it doesn't just happen overnight. It doesn't just happen in, in a moment. It's this, it's this process that takes place, and eventually we see fulfillment. And that process is one of sowing, watering, and harvesting. I think it goes in a cycle, right? We're always sowing. We're always watering. We're always harvesting. Always sowing. You, you take those cards to the, to the restaurant and you leave your generous tip with it. You're sowing that seed or you're watering it. And eventually God brings the harvest. And I want to talk about that process this morning. Number one is sowing. Sowing is that hard work. It's whenever you go out to your garden and you're out there all day, I'm sure we got a few people that garden. Anybody got gardens? All right. Okay, we got a few people. Maybe we're still too close to Columbus to really have this harvesting uh, fully, fully understood. But I'm sure you've seen it on TV or something, right? So whenever you're out there and you're sweating, you're you're out there in the you know planting seed. That's the hard stuff. You come in and you're dirty, and your 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 shoes are dirty, and your pants are dirty, and you you smell bad, and it's hard work to sow seed. And one of the ways that we sow seeds every year in Indonesia is we like to take a mission trip as a church. I know that sounds strange, right? That we, like some of you think, aren't you on a mission trip like all the time? Yeah, we are. And then we take a mission trip. So um, there are some places, believe it or not, in Indonesia that are completely, we, like I said, we call them never reached. Um, no one's ever been there. There's no church. They've never heard about Jesus. After 2,000 years of gospel proclamation, they've still never had an opportunity to respond to Jesus. So we want to go to some of these places. But we call it sowing because some of these places are just difficult to get to. They're difficult to, you know, the, the conditions are difficult. And one of those places was a village called Wallafol. And Wallafol we went to about a month and a half ago. It was our first opportunity um, after, you know, restrictions started to lift. And so we sent a team to Wallafol. And to put it in perspective, that sewing, what that looks like, to get the Wallafol, you got to get on a plane from the capital city of Jakarta and you fly eight hours to a small island called Ambon. And when you get to the island of Ambon, you got to get onto an overnight ferry that takes you to the island of Buru. And when you get to the island of Buru, you got to get into the back of a pickup truck that takes you about four hours up the side of a volcano until you finally get to the small island village of Wallafol. And Wallafol is a village of about 100 people, and they've been living there for generations, for thousands of years, and they've never heard the gospel. When you show up to a village like this, there's not really places to sleep. So, of course, you're going in and you're going to sleep on a bamboo uh, hut thing on, on the floor. And uh, I, the first thing you do is you got to make a toilet. And uh, I, I just try to put it in perspective. Maybe the next picture is the toilet. 
Yeah, so you, you, you go out to the river and you put some sticks in the ground and you put a tarp around it to give you a little bit of privacy. The villagers don't do this, all right? So we, we build a, a toilet, and, and this is what it looks like to sow seeds. Now, why I share that is because sowing seed, it's hard work, right? It's the stuff that nobody else wants to do. It's going out in the hot sun to the 4th of July parade when, you know, it's like, I, I just want to sit there and enjoy. Or maybe you want to sit in your air-conditioned house and, and not enjoy, right? And, and, uh, but it's that hard work of sowing that eventually leads to the harvest. We began to see that this week, this Never Reach Village, the first night of this trip, we had, um, we laid out a tarp on the ground and we had our first service. And at that first service, the men and women of the village, they didn't want to come to the service, but they did send their kids. They thought maybe there's something of value that our kids can glean from the teaching. And that night when the kids were in a service, uh, they were lifting hands in worship to God. They had such open hearts to the gospel and began to respond in faith to Jesus. So much so that the second night of the, uh, of the event, um, we had another meeting right out there on the tarp. That night, the women uh, came to the meeting, and, and the women were sitting on the outside of the children. And again, they're hearing the word of God. They're hearing the gospel, some of them for the very first time. And that night, dozens of women responded in faith to Jesus. And that weekend, we were able to baptize three of those women in, that, in, in the river. And it's all because of the hard work of sowing seed. That same village, the very last night, the men finally showed up, and uh, none of them responded in faith to the gospel, but the chief of the village actually gave permission to, uh, we, are, we are a part of, and you're a part of, the Assemblies of God World Fellowship, and that's just a very big church organization that's all over the world, and they said, we will allow no other denomination, no other religion except for you to come in and to plant a church. Praise God. Whenever you do the hard work of sowing, God will bring the harvest. Sowing is hard work, and probably the hardest part is actually the watering. Why is watering so hard? It's because watering is where we lose momentum. Watering is where we grow discouraged. Watering is when we want to give up. You're waiting and waiting and waiting. But if you keep at it long enough, right, if, if you stay in the fight long enough, you win. I know that uh, sometimes our kids will bring home, like, seeds from school, and they'll have these projects where they got to plant them, and then they're supposed to watch the seed grow. Maybe some of your kids have done that. And uh, it always drives them nuts because they're watching it every single day, and they see no growth, and they just keep adding a little bit of water. And um, sometimes they grow they grow weary in watching, and they forget about the, the, the plant altogether, and it dies. And it's because that watering, that waiting season is – is, uh, is challenging. It's that moment of perseverance where we don't know if what we're doing is having any impact. We don't know if the seed that we're watering is, is even making a difference. But if you keep at it long enough, if you keep on watering in time, you will see a harvest. Um, one of those stories I wanted to share um, actually came in Christmas of 2020. So we, uh, one of our first services after having to be closed down was a Christmas service. It was our first in-person service. We rented an outdoor venue and were able to do all of the protocols. And um, one of the families that we invited was a refugee family from the country of Iraq. 
and they brought their entire family. They they brought mom and dad. They brought all the you know cousins, and there was about ten of them that came to our Christmas service. And this refugee family, they encountered the love of God. They encountered the people of God, and they heard the Christmas story for the very first time. And we began to water that seed, okay, that was planted. Um, our very first in-person service of, of January 2021, the ver- we, like I told you earlier, we had 38 people. Of those 38 people, there was a family of six, this Iraqi refugee family that came to church. Um, the, the wife was still wearing her hijab, and they were very much a Muslim family, but they were encouraged by the community that they were a part of. And they began, they were, they were one of the faithful families that was coming to church every single week as we continued to grow and build. And we were, we were sowing seeds. We were meeting with the family. We were visiting with them, doing that hard work, not knowing, is it making a difference? Are they understanding? Um, we had a Bible that was sent from the United States. Somebody carried it over in Arabic that we were able to present to Ali. I think we have a picture uh, of that. And he was just overjoyed to have a Bible that he could read clearly in his own language and began to read it. And as he read the scriptures, you know, found truth through the words of Jesus, was amazed by the miracles of Jesus and saw the love and compassion of Jesus. We were able to get Ali into a Bible study uh, for eight weeks, walking from Genesis all the way to Revelation. And at the end of the Bible study, after probably 10 months of sowing seed and watering seed, Allie made a decision to follow Jesus. Praise God. And it wasn't just that, you know, that decision, but Allie made the even more courageous decision to put his life on the line and to go into the waters of baptism. I think we have a picture of that as well. And Ali in November as lo- with 10 others got baptized in water, signifying that his old life was gone, that he was dead to the world and being made alive with Jesus. That moments of watering, maybe you're in that season of watering and perseverance. You're not sure, is this making any impact with my, with my child? Is, is, this, is, the, is the watering that I'm doing with my spouse, are they even, do they even care? Are they seeing my, how I'm trying to be kind and trying to be Christ-like towards them? Maybe it's with a colleague at work. And you're thinking like, you're just the, the butt of jokes maybe, and they know you're a follower of Jesus, but you just keep on swattering, watering, watering. Is it making a difference? I believe that it is, that this is the process that, that we're promised. In, in due season, you will reap a harvest if you do not give up. The last part of that process, of course, is harvesting. And I, I've shared kind of what the harvest looks like. I wanted to share one last story of what God is doing um, whenever we reopened International Church Bogor, we didn't have a youth ministry. And uh, we started having teenagers just come to the church. And I'm not even necessarily sure how they heard about our church, but they started coming. And we began a youth ministry. And we have about 20 teenagers meeting every week in the youth ministry. And I really, the Lord's put a new dream in my heart that I believe we're going to reach our city and the country of Indonesia through revival amongst young people, through the youth of our city. And so I, I think we have a, a picture of our, of our youth. We got that. Yeah, so this is just some of our, our teenagers. But one of those teenagers that came into our church is a girl named Dita. And Dita is a very strong Muslim young lady. She comes from a very conservative family. She's 17 years old. 
And one day she was online and she was chatting with a friend. And in their conversation, this friend was a Christian and began challenging Dita that she should read the Bible. And so Dita agreed that she was going to read the Bible, but her reasoning for reading the Bible was to disprove Christianity and to prove that the, Bi- prove that the Quran was the word of God. And so she began reading the scripture, but she had a completely different experience. She began, again, the Holy Spirit illuminated the scripture to her and opened her eyes to who Jesus really was. And so she went back to this friend and said, where do I learn more about Jesus? And her friend said, there's a great church in the city of Bogor near your house that you should go visit. It's called International Church Bogor. And so Dita reached out to us on Instagram, and the next Sunday she was in church. Dita, she showed up with the head covering and probably felt very uncomfortable her first Sunday. And, uh, but she was there, again, learning about Jesus, was in church for the very first time, was one of those teenagers that I believe is, we're going to see harvest through. Well, recently, Dita, she reached out to our team members and said, I have a lot of questions. I want to learn more about who Jesus is and what baptism is all about. And she was really kind of urgent about it. She said, I, I need to talk about, about baptism really soon. And so the team, they, they met with her over coffee. They began sharing and explaining, but they heard Dita's story. And Dita explained that she, she built up enough courage to go to her mom and tell her mom that she's been listening to sermons and that she's been reading the Bible and that she wants to follow Jesus. And her mom said these words. She says, are you prepared to die for the sin of apostasy? Are you prepared to die for the sin of apostasy? And as Dita is sharing this with our team members over coffee, she tells our team members, she says, I want to be a follower of Jesus, and I want to get baptized in water. That God, if he brings the harvest, the scriptures are true and clear, that if we stay in the fight long enough, we will win. That it, Do not grow weary, church, in the good work, all right? Don't grow weary in doing good. For in due season, you will reap a harvest if you do not give up. If you, if you keep at it long enough, if you keep on sowing seeds, if you keep on watering, if you keep on uh, doing that work of perseverance in time, you will reap a harvest. This morning, I, I want to pray for us. And um, I want us to consider two things as we close, especially in regards to Dita's story. It's powerful. I think it's a great illustration of what God's doing that if, in this principle of, of harvesting. But I also think for, for me, as I think about that, especially the words of the mom, that Dita is willing to die for Jesus. That she actually, the reason she had so much urgency to meet with our team members is because she wanted to be baptized before something happened to her. Now, I, I really don't think that her parents, this isn't a thing that happens in Indonesia. That people don't just go around, you know, doing, you know, killing people for following Jesus. But that was what was going on inside of her, that she had that fear and said, I, even if it cost me my life. And I just wonder for us, do we have that sort of commitment to, to the mission? Are, are we ready to say, I want to go all in. I, I want to reach this city. I want to reach my community. I want to be on mission. I want to not just survive Monday through Saturday, but, man, I want to I wanna be a, have a life of victory where we are, we are going out on mission and doing whatever it takes to reach the lost. And um, what we know is true is that if you quit, you lose 100% of the time, right? 
but if you stay in the fight long enough, you win. The journey of faith, it's a process of inception, perseverance, and fulfillment. Maybe you're in that process right now. You're you have an idea that God's planted in your heart, and you're just excited. Maybe this morning God will plant that idea in your mind, that maybe God will speak to you to be a missionary, to go to the ends of the earth. Maybe for others, it's you're in that moment of perseverance. You're ready to give up. You're ready to throw in the towel. You're tired. You're weary. You keep at it. Maybe you're in a season. I believe I see it here as a church. You're beginning to see fulfillment after months and months and months of sowing seed, watering, doing the hard work. I, I was so excited to show up to a building. I, I didn't even know that Simple Church was in a new facility. Praise God that this is the beginnings of the harvest of what God wants to do through your church. I believe today that God wants to move us from survival to victory, from being stuck to breakthrough. Maybe for you that feel defeated by sin, to deliverance, if you're emptied, empowered. And so this morning, if we could just, I, I, I want to pray for us. If we could stand to our feet as we close in prayer and then Pastor Aaron is going to come. I'd love to pray for you that God would empower us, that he would move us from being weary to a place of worship and so ready to go out and to make a difference in the world that we live in. So let's pray together. Father in heaven, we thank you, God. God, we thank you, Lord, for this, this simple principle, God, of, of sowing seed and watering. And then in due season, we will reap a harvest. That, God, your word says that you will build your church and not even the gates of hell will prevail against it, Lord. And I thank you for the work that you're doing in Indonesia, around the world. And I also thank you for the work you're doing right here through Simple Church. God, I believe it's just the beginning, God, as they continue to push that, Lord, that you would... Um, Lay your hand of anointing, God, on each person, God, gathered here this morning. That, that, God, that you would empower them by your Holy Spirit, God. That, Lord, that you commission them, send them out, God, to be your witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the uttermost ends of the earth. That, God, this morning you call people, Lord, through a dream of inception, God, that you'd speak to them through an idea, a scripture. God, that those going through a moment of perseverance, that you'd encourage their hearts, God. And God, that you would in due season give them the harvest. We pray this in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. We're going to continue here in this holy moment. Just keep your head bowed and your eyes closed. Just want to say to everybody in this room, like, this, the joyride thing that we did and the planting of this church, the, the sowing, the watering, the, the mission that Ben and Kathleen are on in, in Indonesia. Every single thing has been motivated by love. And not just a love that, that we have for each other, but a God kind of love. Each and every single one of you is motivated because you've received this unconditional grace-filled love that offers you mercy and hope and joy and peace unlike anything you've ever experienced. And I just want to share with you that if you're here today and you've never experienced that kind of love, that it's available for you, that you can have a full relationship with God. No terms, no conditions, just say yes. 
You can have your sins forgiven. You can have a brand new start. You can be made brand new. All you have to do is say yes. What are you saying yes to? You're saying yes to God's ways. You're saying yes to God's best for your life. You're saying yes to letting Jesus be Lord. That means he's in charge. That means he's going to tell you how you're going to walk out your life from this day forward. You say, well, I'm not going to be able to do that perfectly. He's not asking for perfect. He's asking for your yes. His grace is sufficient. So if you're here today and you're ready, you're ready to experience a love that would send an entire family to Indonesia to tell other people about that love, to put their own lives at risk. If you're ready to experience that kind of love, today you can. I'm going to pray a prayer, and if you want to be counted in on that prayer, I'm just going to ask you, if you're saying yes today, would you just slip up your hand and say, Aaron, that's me. Do it now. Slip up your hand and say, I'm doing that today. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Anybody else? Anybody else? Don't worry about the people around you. They're not in charge of your eternity. They're not in charge of your relationship with God. Yeah, you can put your hands down. Awesome. Everybody, let's pray this prayer together. Pray it out loud. Nobody praying alone. Say, Jesus, I need you. Forgive me of my sins. Fill me with your spirit. Make me brand new. And give me a brand new start. Teach me how to follow you. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. The Bible says if you prayed that prayer that all of heaven is having a party, Simple Church, celebrate. Come on, celebrate with those who said yes to Jesus today. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode. We hope it has given you hope and helped you know God a little bit more. The goal of this podcast is to reach beyond our walls and connect with people far from God. If you'd like to join us in doing that, there are several ways for you to get involved. First, you can pray for us as a church. Prayer is our first response and our greatest resource. Pray for opportunities that we can boldly step into, make a difference in our community and around the world as we proclaim the good news of Jesus. Second, share this episode on your social media accounts and directly with your friends. It's easy to do through whatever platform you're currently using to listen to this message. Just click share and follow the prompts. Finally, you can support the mission through your generosity. The best part about this is that it's also an act of worship where you express the priority of your love for God and others through your finances. Links to give are in the show notes or simply visit www.mysimple.church giving. We are so thankful you joined us today. Hope you'll consider joining the mission of our church in some way. Thank you again, and we'll see you at next week's episode.